a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you, Could you be, be mine? mine? It's a neighborly day in this neighborhood, a neighborly day. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? I've always wanted to name a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Sitting together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be? Please, won't you be? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> Hello, and uh, welcome to the Thursday uh, catch-up episode of In Love with the Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy, and apparently I curse too much on this show. I got a review a couple of days ago. If you guys have been following me on Instagram, I'm Mike Petchy. Or at the podcast Instagram at In Love with the Process Pod, uh, you've seen my posts. I love. Okay, look, I have always said on the show that you guys should send me feedback. That you guys should tell me should tell me when I'm, you know, fudging up on the show. And um, you know, I I listen and I read all of the reviews because it's the only way that I get to stay in touch with you guys is between the comments on Instagram and the reviews that you leave on the pod on Apple podcast. Uh, it's the only place that takes reviews. I know a lot of you are listening to the show on Spotify and uh, you're like, where the, where the fudge can I leave reviews on Spotify? Uh, and uh, you can't uh, only on Apple podcast. So even if you listen on Spotify, um, do me a favor, leave your reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts, and I will read them. And if they're hysterical, I will post them and potentially give you uh, shiitake over them. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know what it is that I'm talking about, uh, there was a recent review. I've had, uh, look, this is what happens when you're creative. And we've t I've talked with other guests on the show about it. You get all sorts of really great reviews on the show. Uh, right now, we're running at uh, a 4.8 out of 5, which essentially means that I've had about three negative reviews, okay? So whenever the negative reviews come in, I love them. I'm completely infatuated with them. And as a creative, you're always sort of going, hmm, is this an issue? Even though there's been hundreds of people that have left decent reviews. All right, let me catch you guys up. Let me read this. <clears throat> oh, I love the title of this. This is great. Uh, a profane drain on the brain. Apparently, it's Dr. Seuss that left me this review. Uh, does he have a star in his belly? Or she? Or they? Uh, the content is good, and I enjoy the discussion. But Mike is a little over the top on the swearometer. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I work in film, where there's plenty of potty mouth. But people I respect most are the cast and crew members who can contain the cursing and draw in a larger vocabulary to express themselves. Let me stop right here and just say, I've admitted since day one on this show that my vocabulary is dog trash, okay? Um, let's see here. 
especially if that individual aspires to be a screenwriter. Okay. Well, you've obviously not really listened to the show that much because I've said on the show that I'm not a screenplay writer. I've written screenplays out of necessity, uh, and I team up with really great screenplay writers like Will Simmons, who has written on my stuff. Um, and thankfully, because he will write sentences that make sense for people to read, as opposed to myself. Uh, if words are your weapon, mm, it seems a little weak to constantly insert F-bombs into every sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I toss screenplays in the trash when all the dialogue is profanity-packed. Okay, first off, what do you do on film sets? You work in film. So what do you do? You're not very descriptive about this because, um, you know, obviously you don't work in the grip department. <laughs> obviously you're not working in transpo, right? You're not working in the grip department. You're not working uh, with the people on the ground, right? Because uh, your ears may be burning by the end of, you know, three hours on set, but whatever. Uh, I toss, let me, let me start this again. I toss screenplays in the trash when all the dialogue is profanity packed, unless it's a movie about sailors. Hmm. Uh, because it shows the writer can't find a unique voice for each character. What are you talking about? Is it okay? So I wasn't aware that every episode that we do on this show is a screenplay and that every episode that, uh, I present to you guys is a story that is going to be made into a film. No, no, no. I've, I've said since the beginning, I'm a moron. Okay. So, but I'm a cute moron. Uh, let's see here. An occasional F-bomb can be powerful, perhaps. Oof, that must have taken a lot for you to write that, perhaps. But every other phrase, not so much. Lately, it seems, <laughs> lately, it seems this podcast celebrates expletives. In Love with the Profanity might be a better title. I agree with you. That's pretty great. That's a great title, In Love with the Profanity. Although profanity, you know, in fucking love with the profanity, that might be better, you know? Uh, Mike, you might attract bigger sponsors if you cleaned it up to a PG-13. Wow. So you really don't know who I am. Uh, for now, I'm going to unsubscribe. Okay. And then I may check back in later to see if I can listen when my kids are present. Um, obviously you don't hang out with your kids that much or your kids' friends that much. Um, I look, I take it in. I, I agree with you, um, that, uh, potentially my vocabulary is weak. Yeah. I have a very weak vocab and, uh, it's a very difficult thing to, uh, run a podcast and sort of talk off your, the top of your head, uh, and consistently stay in front of yourself right? That's a difficult thing. And if you listen to some of my older episodes when I was sort of developing the skill, you'd hear me saying mm, uh, uh, mm, mm, a lot because I was trying to think faster than my mouth could uh, spit it out. And oftentimes in that process, what you're doing is you're falling back on descriptors that are uh, roughly painting an emotion, right? Uh, and sometimes I do get lazy with it because sometimes I'm running uh, my mouth faster than my brain can keep up with itself. Uh, today I'm doing a pretty good job because I just got back from vacation. I'm excited. We'll catch you guys up on all that stuff, but I've had rest. I'm on East Coast time still in the West Coast, which has been really good for me. 
getting shit done in the morning and because it is like see this is where i'd put a fuck bomb okay i'm gonna do it because it's like a fucking sauna out here in no better yet it's like a fucking microwave out here in california right now those of you who live here uh you know what i'm talking about those of you who don't live here have seen the news articles and uh you know the the feeds on your instagram accounts it is been generally about 102 about two in the afternoon here 102 sometimes 106 it has been insane so since i'm already on the east coast schedule i'm able to go on my bike ride at about 6 30 a.m when the temperature is running at about 78 <laughs> degrees uh hopefully this breaks by next week but holy shit you know what i mean oh see i did it again right there's the descriptor again. It was it was useful, right? Wasn't it? I felt like it was. Um, look, let me go back to this review here. I am just giving you shit. That's what I'm doing. I love the fact that you spent the time. It is one of the longest written reviews on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you doing it. I love that you wrote it. Uh, it's a bum out that you have an issue with the swearing. I can only imagine what you would be like in a room or at a bar with a bunch of beers. I mean, it must be very uncomfortable for you to be allergic to specific words. I get that. Now, I can give you a bunch of really great suggestions of other filmmaker podcasts that you can go listen to that are very PG, very P, very G rated, you know? And most of the time, those uh, podcasts are just, you know, skimming the surface of true emotion. You know, it's all good stuff. I'm not talking shit about other people, but I'm just saying there are plenty of other ones out there. So see you, buddy. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm bringing this up more because I love all of you fans that love the show. I posted, because I'm giving this person shit, I posted about it on Instagram. And uh, let me see where we're at right now. I did a poll. I said, uh, should I clean up my act? Should I learn to swear in other languages or should I do an entire show in the style of Mr. Rogers? As of today, and this is Wednesday, as of today, 9% says clean up my act. Okay. 64% uh, say learn to swear in other languages. Looks like that's going to be it. And then 27 of you said that I should do a show in the style of Mr. Rogers. Well, I gave you the intro. How was that? Is that close enough? Uh, you know, it would be nice if you were my neighbor, because then you wouldn't have to be listening to the show on headphones. You could be sitting here with me, uh, and, uh, not having beers today, uh, because I am in the detox mode right now. If you have been listening to the show over the past month, you've known that I have, was on vacation. I finally got to go home to the East coast. It had been so long. Uh, and I tried to keep you guys abreast of what was happening and what I was up to on our Thursday catch-up episodes. And uh, go back and listen to them if you haven't already. You'll hear about my adventures through Brooklyn. You'll hear about um, my adventures through Boston and back on the Cape. And then uh, I was just on uh, Martha's Vineyard at the end, which was a lot of fun. You know, if you're looking for a cool place to go that has some great bars, a good vibe, and a fun sort of ferry ride. The vineyard, we went to, was it Egertown? Or was it Oak Bluffs? I think we were in Oak Bluffs. I think it was Oak Bluffs. But um, yeah, the vineyard's a great place to go to, to drink. A lot of really cool little bars. It, like it kind of feels 
like a modern stacked sort of like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow kind of port town with all of these little bars and stuff. Uh, I uh, hit some, my brother took me and Gina around and we hit up uh, some really cool little uh, dive bars, hit up this sort of back bar. I don't think it's really a speakeasy because there's a sign for it, but that's in the back. Um, great stuff. Bear with me, guys. I'm dealing with acid reflux today. Great, great stuff. Really cool place to drink. We had, there's this guy, and I'm going to forget his name, and I, I should have kept track of it, but there's a famous uh, dude who is from uh, Jamaica, is what they were saying, um, who goes to uh, Martha's Vineyard during the summer only, and he sets up this little shop. He rents this little shop where he does uh, custom-made mixed drinks, and the line was super long to get to him. But oh my God, his drinks were so good. So good. Like I went and ordered a pina colada. This guy uses fresh fruit. No mixes, none of that. No cheating with like coconut flavored rums. It's all fresh, blends everything fresh. Uh, and his drinks were so good, so delicious. Um, the only issue really was that the line was so long that to, in order to get a second drink, I had to go inside. And of course I went inside to some like... I don't even think he was a local. I think he was like a student that was in town. He had a baseball cap on backwards, and he made them shitty. <laughs> uh, but uh, if I can figure out the name of the place, I'll try to post about it. But when you go uh, to Martha's Vineyard, if you ever go to Martha's Vineyard in the summertime, just ask a local bartender, ask a local shop owner, uh, who's the guy from Jamaica that does the mixed drinks? Because they all know him. And uh, they'll send you that way. And my God, they were phenomenal. They were fantastic. And I'm not usually like a mix, like a mixed drink kind of dude. I'll do them, but I'm not like a connoisseur of, you know, you know, mudslides. But whew, this dude really did it. He really did it nicely. Um, and uh, our tail end of the uh, Cape Cod visit was really great. Um, we got to go, I got to hang out with my parents, which was so nice to see them. Uh, and I've said this on the other shows, I got to actually cook with my dad again. So when you, when you hear my obsession with food on the show, you hear my need to feed people, to bring people together, um, to tell stories with food, to tell stories with preparation, to be a part of your heritage when I go and eat your food or the stories that you have to tell with the food that you put on your plate. I get all of that from my dad. Now, I'm not discounting what I've learned from my mother as far as like her recipes are concerned and being able to consistently put out great food for group for my all my siblings. You know, my brothers and sisters were the worst people to feed. They were always picky about shit. So I have a lot of respect for that. But my dad was always introducing me to food and um, the stories are there on how as a kid and a toddler, he would drag the high chair to the stove and he'd feed me while cooking. And that has continued, um, you know, consistently throughout my life. So shout out dad. I know you're listening to the show. He listens to the show, by the way, everybody like pretty religiously, which is really sweet. And I enjoy that. So, um, big shout out to dad. And I had such a fun time hanging out with him and cooking and making great food together. Um, and we were able to celebrate his birthday, which was a lot of fun. So, I needed it. There was a point during the vacation where I just was sitting there going, I'm not stressed out about anything. 
I'm like, I, I was having anxiety withdrawal because I had zero anxiety. And here's something else that I had to deal with. I made the mistake. There's a little note out to you folks that may get therapy over the internet. I told my therapist that I was traveling on vacation. And so she was like, ah, well, I can't, I can't help you out because I can only do it here in California. And I was like, why the fuck did I tell her? So I haven't had a therapy session in about almost four weeks. I got to schedule one. But um, I feel really good, you know? And coming back here, you know, doing the travel back, doing the trip back, which is a long trip, um, I was concerned. I was like, man, do I, am I going back into the grind? Am I going to just get into this like rhythm of anxiety again? And like, what am I doing to earn things? And what am I doing? Am I working enough today? And I've been, you know, very conscious of this and trying to sort of get back into a new version of my regular life here in California, which is a bit more chill. Um, working out again. I've got a fucking, I've got about 12 pounds uh, to shed after all of the amazing food that I had. Um, so I'm working out. Today's day two of that. I feel pretty good. I did my bike rides, um, which is nice. You know, it, I, Gene and I ended up missing the rhythms that we created for ourselves here. So it's just been nice coming back and getting back into routines and we have such a great place that we live in, um, and our roommate was really wonderful. Uh, Mike, like we walked into a clean, crisp house, which was awesome. Um, so it's just been nice. It's nice. And I know you guys are all like, well, that's great, Mike. Let's talk about something else. Okay. I just want to let you know that I feel good, you know? And I know a lot of you have been keeping track as we uh, go through this journey together on this podcast, and you've heard me have ups and downs, but I feel good. I had some really great feedback on that pitch, right? You guys saw that I posted uh, all the storyboards and stuff for that. Uh, really good feedback on that pitch. Um, we're going to push into the next round of meetings, which is great. Uh, I just talked to uh, Peter Stormare's people. I'm supposed to hang out with him hopefully very soon. Um, and I can't get too deep into it, but like one of my favorite creators. One of my favorite musicians just sent me a bunch of new music that they're working on. And it's amazing. And I cannot wait to talk about that stuff as we progress into the future of stuff. And maybe I can convince this person to let me do a video. That would be awesome. So yeah, lots of cool shit. Did you guys see uh, my post this week? I did a post which was just sort of tossed together footage of me, uh, my buddy David Cruda, uh, hanging out at a bonfire up in upstate New York, and we shot all that stuff with my Fuji rig, and it came out really cool. Uh, very excited about the way this Fuji camera reacts to low light, and I just absolutely love the film looks that you can choose from inside that camera, so I ended up choosing this really great black and white film look and shot this really cool looking uh, dark footage. And it was fun because we were all just sort of hanging out. Basically, we were just sitting around this fire drinking. It was late at night and I had the camera with me and I was just passing it around between uh, Kruda and myself and our good friend Greg, Greg Tango, who's also uh, a director of photography. And so we were just shooting stuff and I just compiled everything together and, and cut it with some 
really great epic sound stuff from Jambox, by the way. So when you watch that clip, you'll see it on my Instagram account. Um, check it out. Uh, I was able to find that one track on Jambox and uh, get it with all the stems. So if you listen closely to that song, it's an actual loop that I built from the stems from a longer sort of epic sounding track. And it goes about halfway real time and then it reverses in there. So you'll hear the song reverse and then I laid drums on top of it. I love having that ability to do those things. And that is what I love uh, so much about Jambox. And they just wrote to me actually and they told me, let me see if I can find it, guys. I'll buy some time as I dig this up because Mike doesn't do prep, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, shooting with that camera rig because it's very susceptible to low light. And I love the viewfinder on the back of it. Seriously. That was one of the issues I had with the Nikons is that every time I looked at it, I really couldn't see what I was actually shooting. And it wasn't until I either uploaded to a computer or tethered to a computer. And I was like, oh, it looks great. Why the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? I got really irritated with it. Um, so I shot all that video stuff on the Fujifilm X-H2S. And let me, uh, we'll just roll this into a little bit of an ad read here. Why not? Fujifilm H2S, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Michael, X-H2S offers a powerful and versatile combination of photographic and filmmaking features to enhance any storyteller's vision. It definitely does. Central to its success is a 2.1 megapixel back, back illuminated X-Trans. What is that? Five? What is that? Hold on a second. Five stack sensor X. Okay, we're getting too detailed here. Here's what I really liked about it. Uh, it has a 10-bit 422 Apple ProRes, which I shot in. Um, you can also do Apple ProRes RAW if you're using... Uh, an external recorder, um, and it uh, has seven stops of in-body image stabilization, all sorts of like, dude, I'll tell you right now, the AI-powered autofocus system is amazing. I have never used autofocus on a camera before, and I have used it specifically with this Fujifilm camera. It's really great. It's really great, too, if you're someone that's creating your own content, because you can flip the monitor around and just put that autofocus on, and it's super smart. It knows how to track your eyes, knows how to track your face. It also knows how to account for like bangs and hair and glasses. It keeps that tracking strong. I have never used a camera that has autofocus like this before. It's really great if you're doing stuff on your own. Um, so if you haven't seen that clip, head on over there uh, to my Instagram account at Mike Petchy and check it out. Shot on the Fujifilm rig. And like I was saying, I was using music from Jambox. And right now, uh, uh, let's say on September 15th, this won't be, this will be out a little bit before that. So if you're going to sign up for Jambox, wait until September 15th through October 15th. Uh, and if you use the promo code ILWP20, that is ILWP20, we'll give you 20% off of their uh, subscription plans. And they have all sorts of great subscription plans there. They have stuff if you're just a student. They have stuff if you're just doing stuff like podcast, social media, uh, and they also have a really great commercial one. I think that one's like $19.99 a month or something. It's ridiculously inexpensive. Um, I love them. I use them consistently. I cannot say this enough. They change the way my work feels and sounds. I mean, look at that clip. It feels epic, right? And it was just a bunch of like loose clips. 
couple of drunk guys passing a camera around. You know what I mean? Edit means everything. Sound means everything. You shoot a great image, and which we did with Fuji, um, and then we were able to make it come together in the edit with Jambox.io. Um, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed when I was up in uh, upstate New York is we got to do a brewery safari, right? So uh, the guy whose bachelor party it was, he specifically said, hey, I want to hit at least four, maybe five breweries in a day out here, which <laughs> it gets exhausting. <laughs> Just put it that way. Because there's, there's a lot of heavy IPAs, there's a lot of heavy sours, um, but it's really great to go into like these mom and pop sort of, uh, you know, beer nerd run facilities that make epic beer. Um, and uh, man, man, New England hazy IPAs, man, they're so great. You know what I didn't realize? Uh, one of the reasons why they're so hazy is that there's lactose in them. And the only reason I figured that out is because my brother's lactose intolerant, so you wouldn't believe what lactose is in. There's lactose in fucking potato chips. There's lactose in sausages. In like, if you buy store-bought linguisa, if you buy store-bought chorizo, there's lactose in those. Weird, right? I, I never, I never fucking knew that. It was a tough thing because when we did the crawfish boil, you're supposed to put in linguisa or chorizo, right? Or you could do uh, kielbasa if you're like, you know very white. <laughs> uh, but uh, we ended up finding like this little Brazilian shop uh, that I was able to get uh, a different type of chorizo that doesn't come with lactose. Um, and I, I never knew that. And it, so it was like weird, the education I had on lactose over the course of this like getaway. Um, and it's in um, New England hazy IPAs. It's one of the things that makes them so cloudy. Do you guys know that? I had no idea. Speaking of beers, one of uh, the coolest things about our sponsorships this year, by the way, back to the person that was giving me shit uh, on their review and they were saying like, you might get bigger sponsors. I've got great sponsors on this show, right? Bear Republic. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite breweries. And uh, I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor on the show. I've been so excited. I did lose my fucking Bear Republic hat. I was so bummed about it. So bummed. Because uh, they shipped me over a hat. So we just bought another one. We bought one, guys. But uh, they shipped me over a hat. And uh, I was riding back in uh, a car from uh, upstate New York with one of uh, my new buddies that I met on this bachelor party. Uh, and uh, I think I left the hat in the car. In the rental car. When he returned the rental fucking sucked. I was so upset because I really, really liked that hat. I was able to replace it with a killer hat um, from Bukowski's, one of my favorite bars in the country. And Bukowski's uh, at the top end of Boylston Street in Boston. I was able to buy a hat there and I love it. But uh, I did replace my Bear Republic hat um, and you guys should too. If you guys are into merch, if you guys are into great hats, um, you can definitely pick all that stuff up on um, bearrepublic.com and what they have going on right now, there is a 25% off code until Friday, tomorrow. 
if you use the code LABOR25, that's L-A-B-O-R-25, at uh, bearrepublic.com, you'll get 25% off uh, their stuff, which is great. Um, but let me give you a little bit of backstory. Uh, I love craft beer, and I absolutely love to support craft breweries. Maybe that's because when I turned legal age, all that was on the tap at the bar uh, were those big watered-down beer manufacturers. You know, the stuff that barely tasted like anything. Um, so I have been, believe me, I'm very happy to be a part of this microbrew renaissance. And uh, I had no idea until I started to do this ad read that there are over 9,000 craft breweries in the United States. It is a great time to be a beer drinker. And uh, one of my favorite beers and a beer that I've, I've drank religiously across the country was Racer 5. Racer 5 from Bear Republic. I've always loved it. Um, and, uh, I was excited to reach out to these guys. These guys wanted to support the show. They wanted to be a part of the show. I'm in the process right now of trying to book their brewmaster on the show because we haven't done a beer brewing episode. I'm excited to do this. We've just been trying to get the schedules to line up. Um, but one of the things that they wanted me to change on the ad reads is that, uh, you can find a Bear Republic pub located in, what is this? Ronert Park, California. That's R-O-H-N-E-R-T. Ronert Park, Ronert Park. It's basically up in Sonoma country. Um, and that is a, one of their pubs that you can go and drink the beer locally at, which is super awesome. But if you're someone that isn't local, uh, head on over to Bear Republic and uh, their website will help you find all of their small batch brews because these guys do great small batch stuff. And so if you go through their website, uh, they could ship to specific states. They definitely ship here in California. I've had beer shipped to me. But if you are outside of California and like, I think there's three or four other states that they could ship to. Don't quote me on that. BearRepublic.com will tell you. But if, if they can't ship to your hometown, they will let you know the liquor stores, the outlets, whether it's Drizzly, someone else that carries their small batch brews. Um, head on over there right now. You guys are still doing barbecues. We're hitting the end of the summer. Um, buy yourself some Bear Republic stuff. And if you want, uh, through Friday, like I said, they have a 25% off code, which is LABOR25 until Friday. But after Friday, you can use our code, which is PROCESS15, and that will get listeners 15% off their entire online store, both beer and merch. There you go. A little bit of ad read, a little bit of stories, all intertwined, interwoven in there. Um, this has been a great year for our sponsors, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. I didn't talk about Puget Boys. I will save that for the next episode, but I this is why I love them so much. <laughs> I got a text from Eric at Puget right before I got on the airplane to leave uh, Boston, and he goes, dude, you still in Boston? <laughs> now... Puget's out uh, in Washington. So I get a text from them and they go, you still in Boston? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm leaving on the 6th. And he goes, oh man, that's exactly when we get to Boston because apparently they're going there for a uh, convention. And, and I was like, oh, fuck, man, I'm going to miss you. And he's like, uh, I'd send me a list of the bars. <laughs> I love those guys. They are such great dudes. I think we're in the process of building me a new system, which I'm excited about. But they love to go on bar safaris. They absolutely love to do it. And anytime you guys are in town, I will take you on a bar safari. 
um, because I love getting beers with those guys. They're so much fun to hang out with. Um, so yeah, let's see what else is going on. Excited to be back here in California, excited to start the fall here in Los Angeles. And in my mind, fall means a couple things. One, ridiculous heat. <laughs> but once that heat uh, goes away, it's we're going to get into Halloween. I think Gina and I are going to try to do a Halloween party this year. I have to go back and meet our new neighbors and mend a bridge. But I think we're going to do a new Halloween party. Um, and then uh, it's movie stuff. One of the things I love about Los Angeles, you've heard me talk about it, is the movie theaters and all the old movies that they play. And these guys don't sponsor the show, but I was just looking at them before the show, so I'll talk about it. I'm excited. I've got some vouchers. I'm excited to go to the Alamo Draft House here in Los Angeles to see some old movies. And what are they playing right now? Oh, man, they have a uh, 4K restoration of The Conversation with Gene Hackman. Oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen this in the theater. When is that? Nine, okay, so that's 914, 9.13. Oh, your boy might have to buy some tickets. It's so hard to keep on top of this because, oh, there's a couple seats available on Wednesday. All right. Have you guys seen the conversation? Gene Hackman, Francis Ford Coppola's masterpiece, um, essentially... Uh, about a surveillance guy. It's a sound man who's a surveillance guy, and uh, he hears something that he shouldn't hear. It's this really great 1970s thriller shot with zoom lenses. They really play around with the power of sound design. A great film. A great film to go watch. Let's see, what else are they playing? Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, the original classic. That's awesome. Dark Knight, that's cool. Uh, let's see. The first Pet Cemetery, the original. Ghostbusters, of course. They're doing a Ghostbusters movie party. Hmm. Maybe I'll go to that. Uh, let's see. The Man Who Fell to Earth. Did I ever see this one? David Bowie. No shit. I don't think I've seen this one. I think that's a remake of an old classic. Uh, let's see. What else do we got going on here? The Godfather. I just watched that again recently. Those movies are fucking phenomenal. Um, I missed Heat. They were doing Heat here, and I missed it. Super bummed out about that. Oh, Gene will be excited. Uh, they have the Twilight Breaking Dawn double feature. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to that. Um, but a bunch of really great stuff. Are you guys excited to go see some movies right now? What are you excited to see? Uh, I really want to see George Miller's new one. Have you seen it yet? Is it any good? Um, what was the what's the name of it? It is Three Thousand Years of Longing. It looks really cool. I love George Miller, so I'll go support him. I haven't seen Bullet Train yet. That was on my list. Um, but uh, Bodies, 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 maybe. Um, there's a new horror movie that just dropped called Barbarian. And I was really fortunate. Uh, my buddy, and he's been on the show, director Ryan Spindell, brought me along to a director screening of this movie. So I got to go see an advanced screening, very small room full of filmmakers and industry professionals. Uh, and we uh, sat around, watched the film, and then did an extensive back-end feedback session on which was interesting to watch and be a part of. 
where they would actually rewind the movie to different aspects and play different scenes and ask us specific questions about certain props and certain things. It was, um, it was a really fun experience to be a part of that. Um, and there's a lot of really great stuff. I'll be curious to see how the edit came together because we saw this months and months and months ago. Um, but uh, there was a lot of really interesting stuff that happens in this movie. It's a shocking film. Um, you should go see it. It's Barbarian. If you can go see it in the theater, I think it's going to be a better experience than it would be if you're just watching it on your TV at home. Um, because it's definitely like go with a couple of friends and watch this thing. Uh, and it's without giving anything away, it's uh, really scary. And it, it sort of tackles something that we all have used before and we all know. So uh, definitely go check it out. Speaking of TV stuff, I don't know. Have you guys seen any of the new big shows that they're pushing right now? The new uh, Lord of the Rings show there? The Power of the Rings or Rings of Power, whatever it's called. You know, Gina's really into it. She was watching and I was sort of heard it in the background. I don't want to be that old guy that just gets all old about stuff. So I'm trying to stay present. I'm trying to see these things. I'm trying to watch these things. But it takes a lot of effort for me to get past, to break through sort of this like gross, slimy layer of corporate to see this stuff, right? Just sort of push my way through all these corporate notes and like all this sort of social messaging and everything else that they put in this shit to sort of get to good content. And I wish it wasn't there because I really feel like I would enjoy these things more if they just didn't feel like a fucking, like a, like a really shitty cereal in a shiny box. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm not saying that the show's not good. I, I'll give it a chance, but there's a lot of stuff that like you feel like you're sitting there and, and, and you're, you're a toddler and your mom has got some like really gross cough syrup on a spoon and she's like, take your medicine. And you're like, ah. you know what I mean? It feels that way. And a lot of the stuff that's being made right now, I just feel like I'm like having to like get through this really gross medicine that they're feeding me. And it's like, Ugh. you know? Please, just give me some, like, really good filmmaker content. Mm -hmm. You know? Really good filmmaker content. People that really respect, you know, cinema and the medium of cinema and all that kind of stuff, you know? It's, they're not all about, like, just streams and views and, you know, and they're also not, like, you know, trying to sell you fucking groceries and all sorts of useless shit that's delivered to your doorstep kind of thing. You know, but other than that, you know, cool. Can we separate films from that a little bit further please you know i mean television's always been like bonded to advertising it really has i mean come on that's what most television was was a reason for you to tune in to watch the ads right get the ratings up higher so that they could charge the advertisers more more money i get it i run a fucking podcast i know what that is but movies have always been separate sure there was like you know uh you know paid for uh logos and shit that would end up in movies like someone's drinking pepsi you know et's chasing around reese's pieces all that stuff started to roll its way in during the 80s right during reagan time by the way um but you know it was separate it felt separate it felt like you were going to escape into a story that really wasn't loaded with anything and we weren't getting all this like 
pre-fed, you know, controversy over like what actors are fucking who and like who got pissed off and who got fucking fired and like this person got canceled, potentially was canceled and all this like shit storm of crap that floats around the front of these movies that, you know, they just intentionally put out there because they know, right? They know that people are going to be like, whoa, that fucking elf was a dude originally. And wait, wait a minute. The, you know, John Constantine was a guy and what, what the fuck? And so like, they know that that controversy is going to rile us all up. And so that we're going to start talking about it and posting about it and posting our opinions. Because as we all know, our, all, each and every one of our opinions is important on the internet, in the sea of the internet, right? And so then that, that, that's what the business has become, is that. You're feeding the algorithm. I was just talking to my buddy Alex, Alex Johnson. He's the guy that uh, does the segments on the show, uh, you, know, you know, what have you seen lately? And uh, I got to see him in person. It's been so long because he's back in Massachusetts. We sat down and we hung out. And Alex was or is or was a writer. So he'd write content for the internet. And he would talk about how it, there was a huge shift in how content was created. Content is now not written for humans. It is now specifically written for algorithm. All content is. So any of the... Uh, SEO content, which is the stuff that is at the front end of a Google search, all the stuff, the descriptions that come up with you doing a blog that will be listed uh, when you post that on social media, all that content is written specifically for the algorithm. And so he was also commenting on how, you know, in the early 2000s, the training for writers was short and sweet, short and sweet. No one wants to spend a lot of time reading things, especially on the internet. Keep it short, keep it sweet. Well, now that has shifted and it has become long and bloated, right? It also sounds like a lot of the content that we watch. It's just long and bloated and uh, not really telling us anything new, not really telling us any stories that are new. And one thing that Alex and I talked about, which I think is really important to say on the show, is that we get mad, right? We all get irritated. And... We think that we're irritated because they're changing genders, or we think that they're, we're getting irritated because um, they're loading things with social context or loading things with controversy. We think that that's the, the reason why we're all getting pissed off at each other. And on surface value, potentially, on surface value, it's a great thing to give as an excuse for why you're getting angry. But the truth of it is, here's the bottom line truth, is that it's all dog shit. It's that they're creating really stale, bullshit, PG-13, censored fucking material, right? This is the loop. This is where I bring it back to how I started the show. Bullshit censored material. And what happens with censorship is that people understand, that corporations understand that the larger the audience is, the bigger the payday. And the only way you're going to be able to build fucking rocket ships to ship you and your pals to the fucking moon as our earth burns down here is that if you get every fucking asshole to watch your shit, to subscribe to your shit, to buy your fucking phones. Every person, they need to do that. And so the only way they can do that is to be completely stale. It's like a, a box of stale Triscuits, 
right? And you put it in your mouth and you're like, oh, these are bad, but this is all I've got. I've only got a box of stale Triscuits and, and some of those old crackers that have been back in the closet since fucking December. Ugh. And that's what we're eating right now. And I'm not saying that all the content is crap. There's a lot of little gems that are hidden there. There's a lot of really creative folks that are trying to work their way around the bullshit. But it just feels stale. Stale. And when you, like I guess that last week I was watching Hearts of Darkness, which was the doc on the making of Apocalypse Now. And Jesus, the stuff that, that he went through as a director, the stuff that that film crew went through to make that movie, it was like over 200 days of filming. The fact that this storyteller is desperately struggling to find a story and to make it real and to make it work and to go through this process, it was chaotic. It was chaotic. But he found something amazing. He made a phenomenal movie. A movie that made tons of money back. Still is screened in movie theaters. Still goes through uh, uh, you know, critical acclaim and, and movie-going acclaim every time someone watches it. And it was a hard thing to make. It was an unstable thing to make. But it became an original thing. And it was based on pre-existing content. It was written based upon a book. And it was written by a screenwriter. What's his name? He wrote Conan the Barbarian too. Great guy. And then that was changed because the director was like, this just doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel uh, new. This doesn't feel inspiring to me. And so he was driving the ship. And we have a lot of these really great directors out there, women and men that are doing really powerful things when they're talking on an independent level or if they're talking on a short film level, right before they get into where, where, where our destiny is as filmmakers right now, which is to become a small little fucking fish in the big sea. So I don't know. That's how I feel. It's lame. Um, but every time Gina's like, so you're going to watch Lord of the Rings with me? Because she doesn't give a fuck. And maybe it's just me that gives a fuck, right? She doesn't care. But here's the other thing I noticed. When I went back to the East Coast, everybody didn't give a shit about everything that is supposedly so important here in Los Angeles. No one gave a shit about any of it. No one cared. No one cared about like what sort of controversy was happening on set. No one cared about anything. And at the end of the day, when you're talking about 95% of the people that watch movies, which is just the general public, all they care about is whether or not they connect with the characters and whether or not the story is any good. That's it. Who's in it? Kind of. Third. That's it. That's all they care about. I don't know. Crazy rant. Anyway, uh, I, I'm staying positive. <laughs> I'm staying positive, man. I'm back. I'm back from vacation. I'm back here in California. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I've got some new ideas. We're working on some new stuff. We're pitching some new things. I have really, really high hopes for this year. I have high hopes for the podcast. There's some great fucking episodes on the way. There's a killer one coming next week. Um, I think it's next week's release. Yes, it is uh, one of the oldest, um, one of the most successful, one of the most talented on-set still photographers uh, in Hollywood. And uh, his interview is so good that uh, I actually went for like four hours. So it's a two-parter. It's a two-part episode. I think I'm going to release it on uh, Tuesday and Thursday next week. Um, and it is great. 
So strap yourselves in for that. Um, very excited. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Send me uh, or go give some reviews today. Let me know what you think. Do you uh, think I swear too much on the show? Do you think the show is loaded with, uh, you know, not enough or the show is lacking uh, vocabulary and descriptors that are safe? Uh, do you think I should make the show more kid-friendly? You know, we can get some high chairs. I can bring in, uh, remember those like uh, little toys that they would have in the dentist's office? Like the little like shapes that, that would run on the cables that look like little roller coasters, you know? We'll get some of those running in the back here so the kids can hang out. You know, should we do that? Kind of like a brewery or when uh, parents bring their toddlers into a bar. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, as always, I will see you next Tuesday. Get the fuck out of here.